1: Bonjour, 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 and welcome to the Zwift Tour de France podcast, episode number 8, uh, number 8 already. And before we start, I remind you that you can actually download or stream this podcast on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash cyclingcentral, from our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral, or from the lovely sponsors, we have Zwift, they've scheduled some rides for you, especially for you, in the program today, coming up later on, we'll talk to our chief engineer, the chief technician here at SBS, and you learn just how long does it take for the signal, for the image, for the picture, for the sound to come from France all the way to your lounge. That's coming up after the first part of this podcast, and I, my co-host today is not others and is getting used to this podcast, actually, and we, and we like that he's getting used to it. It's Dave McKenzie. Hi, Dave. It is great to be back. This is... I'm loving it. Once again, you were missing in action yesterday,
2: uh, and then, but you're back here. Well, you know what might have happened just quietly. We're in a wine region. Say no more. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Another one in the kitty for Kittle. Yeah, I like the play on words there. Look, look, a K and a half out, I said Kittle will win because he had all the teammates at the front. And when he won the day before, he didn't actually have all of his teammates there and he came from about eighth, eighth position. But gee, when confidence is up, it's pretty hard to be beaten, isn't it? we had to wait for the photo i mean how tight was this it looked tight didn't it and uh wow edval bass and hagen i mean what a ride by him he he went from long range the day before that certainly didn't pay off because he ended up in 13th position so great ride by him and michael matthews as well i think special mention he had a good ride as well he's been there matthews put him on every sprint he was he was there he was placed yeah look it's exactly what i've I think I've said he's just got to chip away at it and he can't throw the towel in, which he isn't, but it can sometimes be disheartening. And when he's not a pure sprinter, he's he's probably always going to be beaten on the flat, flat sprints. Saying that, though, deep into the second and third week of those when there is a transitional or a flat stage you know he's a stronger type of rider than sprinters so that was i think that was a really telling sign uh, for him and moving
1: forward another rider that was there all the way to the end is christoph uh, how do you rate him this uh, this year well plenty of banter online unfortunately
2: the legs haven't been doing the talking for him have they and uh, he's been talking about his contract discussions online uh, is, that is, that, is that right? I mean, is that, is, that, is that even correct? Well, if it's coming from him, yeah. If, if that's what he wants, if he wants to talk about that he's looking at three or four different teams, uh, fine. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I was chatting to the Norwegian uh, television crews who are here. They have a couple of big crews here. And they said, wow, he's, he's very open. He doesn't hold back at all when we interview him. So they love it. And I'm like, damn, I wish we had an Aussie like that. <laughs> Hear,
1: hear them out. Hear them out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, what happened to Demar? Because uh, it looks like the F D G was doing a very good lead to him, and then all of a sudden they sort of missed the train, and then he was all over, pretty much from uh, 500 meters. I don't know. Yeah, that, that's a good question. He, uh,
2: yeah, he just got lost. He got lost in traffic, didn't he? And um, he, I think he, I think there was just one key point, whether it was that last corner or. the the peloton maybe just eased slightly and he was on the wrong side of that peloton easing and then he got swamped on the other side I think that's all I can put it down to because uh, look he had to fight through the gaps uh, the day before but he was way too far back and and again a K out well I'll, I'll brag about it I called it I said he's not going to win he was too far back
1: Jeez, you're bragging, you're bragging mate.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm scraping the barrel.
1: <laughs> Don't expect too much more after today. Uh, but to, to carry on on Demar, you uh, also had a bit of a scoff with, uh, with Buani, 1K to go. Uh, Buani just came at him and just like, knocked the shoulder out. Is that just to tell him, I'm here, mate? Are you, a, are you a Demar fan? Because you really, you really, come on. Well, up, up to now, he was in green. And then today, he's not in green anymore. <laughs> Kittel won that green. But uh, of course, I, uh, I want to follow him. But yeah, that was weird. That uh, When he came in, he just had a bit of a shoulder to shoulder. He looked like you just want to tell him, don't forget, I'm here, mate.
2: Yeah, and you know what? If you're right, everything you're saying, and I believe you, Buhani, there's 10 other sprinters. Forget about trying to win the French Cup. Think about trying to win a stage of the Tour de France. I think that's the problem he's getting fixated on Demar and and at the end he's he's never here he was frustrated when Demar had his first stage win wasn't he I think he said it in the press he he said something along those lines and uh, yes, you're allowed to be disappointed, but
1: move on. Uh, just to recap, another win in the kitty for Kittel. He bags himself the green jersey at the same time. Yellow is still on the shoulders of Christopher Froome. King of the Mountain is still uh, is still Aru. And the white jersey is still on the shoulders of Simon Yates. Okay, we take a short break, and straight after this we'll talk about technical stuff. We'll learn just how long does it take for the picture that is happening on the roads of France to reach your lounge in wherever you are in a Australia. But that's coming up straight after this. Don't go anywhere.
0: When Zwift first started, we had but a few short kilometres you could ride. Now Zwift has almost 100 unique kilometres of road with a seemingly endless variety of routes you can take around the world. And they're always adding more roads to ride. And the roads are really cool too. There's the streets of London, where you can pass by Parliament or Heralds. There's the roads of Watopia, which take you through underwater tunnels and through a volcano, or you can even ride the Richmond 2015 UCI World Championships course. That's my favourite. Can't wait to see what they add next. Check it out for yourself at swift.com today.
1: We are, we are with Jan here. He's one of the guys responsible for uh, all the stuff that is happening behind the scene and enabling you guys to actually watch the Tour de France, watch the images in your lunch. Hi, Jan. Hi, so, pretty big role, uh, pretty big job because what if you a big responsibility?
3: Tell us about your job Well, uh, freelance is providing um, SBS all the facilities and crews on site here are at the, on the finish line of, the, of each stage of the tour to be able to be live on the finish line, but also to provide all the facilities for the um, SBS crew to send their reports and uh, the facilities to to get the pictures to edit and uh, for you, the viewers of SBS, to, to see the pictures back to Sydney.
1: If we have uh, just a typical uh, number, typical uh, uh, facts about how and, and what's happening behind the scene. First of all, in, in the truck is a bit of a, it's a hub where everybody has a bit of noise and so on. But from the image being here in on the road to the lounge in Sydney, how long does that take?
3: So the signal comes from the SBS camera, stand up position, which is at the at the finish line. Goes to the truck, what I call the train station, <laughs> and from there it goes over satellite on European satellite and then further on several satellite satellite to reach Sydney, which is the other side of the world, and it takes about four to six seconds. So each time you see Tomo talking, he talked about six seconds earlier.
1: <laughs> Still, it's amazing six seconds to cross the world.
3: Yeah, well, there there are two routes. One route is a satellite route, goes um, east from Europe to Asia over satellite. And the second route, uh, which is our backup route, goes over London and then take a cable fiber through the Atlantic, further to Los Angeles and then further through the Pacific up to uh, Australia. Is one faster than the other? I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So in terms of the the, the logistics, because you guys are packing up every night. And so tell us about a, a typical day for you
3: a typical day is about uh, 20 hours on 24 Um, the truck drivers Arrive on location about uh, five six a.m. in the morning. We have to park the truck. It's a huge forty-ton truck with two sliding parts to give a lot of space for the for the crew. Um, six o'clock we park. Uh, we get the electricity for the generators, and then we can open the truck. We set up everything inside. Uh, we are ready at nine. Then we set up uh, the stand-up position, the studio, which is on the on the roadside at the finish.
1: So it's where the, the people see Tomo and Maka and these guys are commentating just on the side of the, the finish line every day
3: exactly then we can uh, when we are live we can mix uh, between our camera where you see Tomo Maca and, and all the good SBS crew with the um, French TV uh, live coverage and then when, when it's finished to uh, set up we can be live it's about uh, 12.30 here in Europe 8.30pm back to Australia and then uh, we do the first live and then the stage begins live then we do all the coverage with the two commentators in the, in the commentary positions. And then we do the after stage live. And then it's again time for us to really work. We have to pack everything. It takes two to three hours to roll hundreds of meters of cable uh, to pack the truck, to pack the editing um, facilities, and to close the truck. And we take the road. We hit the road at uh, something like 9 or 10 p.m. and we drive all night until we arrive uh, at the next uh, finish line.
1: Do you sleep at some point?
3: Well, we, we have a camper. In, in August? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a camper. So we, we, are, we are sleeping in the camper, three of us. So when we drive, two are sleeping and one is driving and then we can swap the position. Then we, we sleep, I mean, I would say between three to five hours per night. And we have time during the live uh, in the afternoon to have a rest time. So most of the time we have one hour to sleep for a nap.
1: Uh, What's been the biggest challenge other than kicking the crew out of the bus, out of the truck every night?
3: well uh, the, our, our goal is really to to be on air on time because the the, the logistical process is so complicated to to manage every day then uh, I mean it's really an everyday challenge to be live uh, to find a position to park the truck to find a position for the camera and to draw all these cables uh, to get the satellite connection to guide to get the, the um, uh, telephone line to be in contact with the st- uh, studio in Sydney I mean all this all this amount of uh, process we have to uh, complete is such huge that we're already on time but it's always a a, a, a run against the hour to (laughs) to be ready
1: and it's not because you've done it perfectly one day that the next day will be easy
3: yeah, you never know. I mean, the the truck is driving uh on on co- some complicated roads sometimes in the mountains, so the the equipment inside is um is well packed, but you never know it could be uh shocked and then uh, we can have a technical issue. So everything is uh is uh, safe and we have spare equipment because we don't have any chance to get spare equipment on on the route of the of the tour. So that's a everyday challenge technically and for also the, the people because it's uh, it's odd and it's a tough job uh, physically and uh, mentally
1: and last question uh, if you look at the route of the tour this year have you pinpoint stages that will be difficult ISOR might also be a quite a complex one am I right?
3: yes well um, we live day by day I don't know where we go tonight. (laughs) I haven't opened the book yet because, it's, uh, as I said, it's a daily challenge. Um, We know that uh, some uh, stages are more difficult, but we get all the information from the organization. It's well organized, so they they help us uh, parking, driving, and they give us the day before all the information to be on site, on time, and to be ready for the On Air program. Thanks, Jan. Welcome. Thank you.
0: Bye-bye. When Zwift first started, we had but a few short kilometres you could ride. Now Zwift has almost 100 unique kilometres of road with a seemingly endless variety of routes you can take around the world. And they're always adding more roads to ride. And the roads are really cool too. There's the streets of London, where you can pass by Parliament or Heralds. There's the roads of Watopia, which take you through underwater tunnels and through a volcano. Or you can even ride the Richmond 2015 UCI World Championships course. That's my favourite. Can't wait to see what they add next. Check it out for yourself at Zwift.com today.
1: Uh, welcome back to the Zwift uh, Tour de France podcast, and uh, Maka is still with me. You okay, back It is good to be back, and uh, what a lovely morning we've got. It's incredible. That weather is just too, too, it's too hard for people back home. You know, like when you just uh, post tweets and stuff, people go, shut up. I, I, I know,
2: I know. It's, uh, Tom, I did it on the... Uh Live broadcast the other day, and I was like, "Easy, Tiger!" We,
1: you know, we'll, we'll people start switching off, throwing tomatoes at their screen. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely right. Uh, tonight we're going to uh, Station des Rousses, proper mountain top finish, um, and uh, we start from Dole. Uh, it's a stage that is quite uh, spread as well. We have uh, one category three, one second category, and towards the end, a first category. What do you make of that stage? Well, you know what, I'll I'll say a, a, a fairly loose
2: quote, so not exact word for word from Richie Port, though, but he said, yeah, it's a funny one, that one. He said, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that stage in the Tour de France. And I'm looking at the map thinking, what is it? What, yeah, what's, what's so different about this? And it's not the first time that they've been uh, at this summit finish, is it, in the Tour de France? But I'm, I'm thinking he's referring maybe to the course that leads up to that. So, as you just pointed out, a cat three, cat two prior to that, nothing major, but, but it is the first. Well, not the first. Uh, It's the second mountain stage after what we had in the Vosges Mountains.
1: What I mean major is the one in the Vosges was a climb, uh, uh, like we say, uh, one climb, five or six K. This is several climbs. That's a proper mountain stage. That's
2: right. It's a proper mountain stage. Um, So I'm intrigued, though, with what Port's comments from that, what he he meant, you know. And he's done enough Tour de France's to, to, to know what they're about. So it'll be interesting. Do you think that's one he's been pointing to, uh, to attack and maybe climb back a bit more to us from? Maybe, maybe. I think there's real mind games going on with Sky and BMC, real mind games. And uh, the more the media, and dare I say, accentuate it, uh, the more they are actually accentuating it, if that makes sense, or the more they are actually playing the mind games to each other. Because you cannot tell me that all nine riders, director sportifs, and team managers are not reading the social media pages. Some of them might not be, but some of them would be. So some, some of this stuff that's being written would eat away at them.
1: I mean, at least someone does some, uh, some analysis on those social media and... Do you think that drives the strategy on some of the teams? I don't think so, no. No, no, not no. Not at all. It'd be crazy if it did. Or they'd be crazy if it did. I, I meant what other teams are saying on social media and the way the way they play. I'm not saying the general public, I'm yes. saying what BMC is putting out, does uh, do you think that targets skies and vice versa? Uh,
2: yes, yes, yeah, I see what you mean yeah, I think so. There's probably a little bit of that. There's a little bit of, you know, it's toing and froing, isn't it? It's toing and froing. And, and that's what we've seen with Team Sky and BMC. And a few of the other teams are probably sitting back. I mean, Movistar, you know, they, they never give us
1: anything, Movistar, do they? They give us nothing. Come on, Espanoles, give us something. We can, we can actually translate from Spanish. <laughs> We have to tell them. We can translate some Spanish. Yeah. Give us some stuff. Yeah, that's right. Come on, it's all right. Espanol. Tell me, my baby. So, uh, who do you see at the top of the mountain uh, going first on, the, on that stage? Jeez, oh, you ask that tough
2: question, don't you? I mean, I, you know, the, the, the answer is none of us know the answer to that, the short answer. Um, I don't think it will be Froom, and I don't think it will be Port because i think they hit the top of the climb and then it's still a few kilometers it's still actually 8 kilometers from that top of the category 1 11.7 kilometers to the finish line so i think we'll actually see an opportunist that might jump away um so
1: whoever goes top maybe in a sort of gruppetto at, at the top might have the chance to just take an opportunity on it yeah, maybe, Yeah, uh, maybe. Um, who's the Frenchman
2: who was fourth on the Giro d'Italia? He's, I think, he, uh, for, for Francais Dijon, who's here. Pienot, Pienot, Thibaut Pienot. He hasn't been great so far. No, but he's not, and, and absolutely, and he's not going to be great. He's not going to be, he's not going to aim for podium. He's not aiming for podium. He said that before the beginning, but I think he'd dearly love to win a stage, and I think this could be a day for him, because he's, he's taken it easy in the first week of the Tour de France. So I think he'll look to try and jag a stage early. What about Barde, the other uh, Frenchman? Yeah, possibility, but you know, come on, can't we just pick one Frenchman? I think that's enough, come on. <laughs> Do we have enough with one Frenchman? I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> you know what, you've been starved of it. What well, was it, 19- it was 85, 85. because Greg LeMond won in 86, okay. yeah, yeah. So, so 86
1: because Fignon won in 84. That's
2: a, that's a bit, you know what, that's a bit like, and uh, this is, these are is for mainly Victorians, but it's a bit like the Richmond Football Club, the team I go for in AFL football. Their last premiership they won was 1980, so I, I
1: understand your feelings. <laughs> is that your salt you're rubbing in my wound? <laughs> yes, it absolutely it is. Well, it's been great to having you uh, on the podcast. So uh, the, the stage uh, is going to be an interesting one tonight. So really tune in. And we have a nice finish. So uh, stay up and stay uh, stay awake. Maybe feed yourself on tour snacks or whatever. Well, well, speaking of food, tour snacks, what will we be
2: eating at the finish line? What's the, what's the local cuisine?
1: I don't know, but I reckon there's some cheese in it. All right. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. You never can, can never have too much cheese. Say no more. <laughs> Thanks, Maka. Cheers. Thank you. And this is it for us today. That was a lovely uh, episode. Actually, this is episode eight with uh, the content we had today. Next podcast will be available like every podcast we do on the Cycling Central for the Tour de France tomorrow morning. And of course, you can download and stream through SoundCloud. And you can also uh, go to the SBS website, sbs.com.au slash Central or hit our lovely friends at Zwift. Now, on behalf of the whole team working on this podcast and actually the whole team at SBS working really hard under the heat to make sure you enjoy the Tour de France back home, it's au revoir for now. À demain.
0: Thanks to Zwift for sponsoring the SBS Tour de France podcast every day of the 2017 Tour de France. You can ride and listen to this podcast by joining SBS Group Rides on Zwift. Guys, go and check it out today. Visit zwift.com to learn more.